Okay, chapter 24 is here is about black holes and curved space-time, just to get you an idea of what the heck, uh, after a high-mass star explodes, what is there behind there? And so before that, we got to talk about relativity a little bit. And what Einstein realized is that whether you are on the Earth or in an elevator moving, you can't tell the difference between an acceleration uh, and gravity. They're the same thing. Um, so he concluded that, okay acceleration and gravity are the same thing so when you're in when you're on the earth and what you feel is gravity as an acceleration it's really um it's really an acceleration of of you through space time and the earth is just kind of getting in the way um of that so that's the uh, equivalence principle uh, you can't tell the difference and that leads to some crazy results um so that links if you go down that path and then you keep the speed of light constant which is one of his uh realizations too is that mass space and time are all linked into a cosmic uh, framework that we call space time um, and uh, general relativity treats space time as um, as fungible as you can you can move it around you can manipulate it and uh, massive objects do just that they manipulate space time and uh, and that that's what gravity is is this change of of this warping of space and time, and uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, so anyway, he had a couple of cool predict predictions there, so make sure you understand those two predictions. The uh, perihelion of uh, Mercury, uh, the precession of its perihelion, the deflection of sunlight uh, during an eclipse. There's a great um, Arthur, Arthur Einstein and Eddington, I think it's called, uh, on either PBS or Netflix, I can't remember. Great, great story about it. Um, uh, and then time, so time gets all messed up around uh, uh, gravitational objects. So um, when when things are moving around or in heavy gravitational uh, wells, time travels more slowly for them uh, compared to the outside world. Um, so you can actually travel in time pretty easily. You can only, but you just can only travel into the future. You cannot travel into the past. Uh, so that's a problem. Um, okay, uh, so black holes, all right, so black holes, what are they? That's where the warping of space-time is pretty serious, and um, light uh, can't escape, and we say that because the trajectory of light is curved by a black hole, and the trajectory is, the, cur the curvature is so severe near a black hole that the light follows a path that leads it towards the, um, uh, leads it towards the uh, event horizon, not the event horizon, sorry, the singularity at the center of it. Um, so that's pretty wild. And uh, that's sort of how it all works. So then you got your Schwarzschild there, that guy who was, um, uh, you know, calculating the artillery shells uh, while he was trying to work on relativity. It's kind of nerdy, but weird. Uh, so anyway, um, black holes... Uh, are not vacuum cleaners. They don't suck, for example. Um, they're pretty awesome, actually. Uh, but what they do, they do have strong gravity. So if you get close to them, you'll be accelerated towards them, um, but they won't actively suck anything in any more than a very uh, heavy star. Um, so you, you, like, we're not getting sucked towards one right now. We could, we're orbiting one at the center of the galaxy, but, you know, if you don't have, uh, there's no, if you don't lose enough energy, uh, then you won't fall into it. So you got to slow down and get close to it in order for it to, uh, uh, get sucked in there. Um, so anyway, it talks about the movie Interstellar here, which is pretty cool. 
Um, then it, this is kind of for your own, you know, if you tried to imagine falling into a black hole, uh, you can you can read that. That's pretty cool. And then the evidence for a black hole, we see them all over the place. Um, there's a lot here. There's uh, black hole candidates in binary systems here, which is kind of hilarious to have a black hole orbiting a star. That's nuts. What a weird thing life is. Okay, so uh, continuing on. I can't scroll. Why can't I scroll? Uh oh, I broke it. There we go. My computer ignored me for a little bit there, which is sad. It's sad to be ignored. Uh, okay, so if you're going to um, do gravitational wave astronomy, 24.7. Um, okay, so gra gravitational waves are when, you know, black holes or whatever uh, smash into each other. They create a giant bloop in space-time, and then that bloop travels out. And if we could measure that, that could be proof of uh, not only gravitational waves, but um, space-time itself, and also proof of uh, mergers of black holes or neutron stars. So the first um, evidence for a, a uh, gravitational wave comes from a pulsar, and basically pulsars are slowing down um, because they're losing energy. Uh, so uh, that was the first proof was to measure a pulsar, and like, hey, wait a second, this uh, star is losing um, energy by the same rate exactly as predicted as the energy radiated by gravitational waves. Uh, so that was a Nobel Prize for that. That's a pretty awesome result. Um, but then uh, we've measured, uh, you know, with LIGO, there's a picture of it, 24.17, uh, the two interferometer legs shooting off in either direction there, like a giant L. Um, those, uh, we measured those... Um, um, the gravitational waves, the, the changes in the length of those arms using lasers, one ten thousandth the diameter of a proton, which is unbelievable, okay? And uh, the crazy thing is, is LIGO just did an upgrade. They just turned it on, and within a week, they've already, de they've already detected a black hole merger. So this is uh, kind of surprising. Even when they first turned these on, within three months of turning it on, they discovered, they observed uh, black hole mergers, and now they're just, they're just, showing up all over the place. So this is really exciting um, to be able to, for these black hole merger events to occur as often as they're occurring, uh, means that we can actually make, you know, reasonable measurements of these things um, because you know that part of your uncertainty on a measurement is the number of times you make the measurement. So the more dice tosses you have, the better you understand your dice. Um, Anyway, so that's, yeah, that's chapter 24. Okay, cool, bye.